So we're in a season right now. Does everybody know what season we're in on the Jewish calendar, on the, the biblical calendar? It's specific. Well, that's the perfect answer. It is spring. You're right. Okay, so there, we're in a specific, I'm trying to think of a, other word, a word other than season. Well, I can't think of one. So, all right. I, I, never mind. I'll just give you the answer. So, the, <laughs> so, there is a time between the holiday of Passover and the holiday 50 days later of Shavuot. Feast of Weeks, the time in between is called what? The counting of the Omer, or in Hebrew, Sefirot Ha-Omer. And it's a count up from Passover to the holiday of Shavuot. Now, for those who are unaware, there's this little chapter in the book of Acts called Acts chapter 2. Where this, this, there's this little event called Pentecost. Now, it's strange that it starts with, and the day of Pentecost came. And many readers, without an understanding of the Hebraic roots of the New Testament, may just think that Pentecost was some new thing. Well, Pentecost is the, comes from the Greek translation of the Jewish holiday of Shavuot. The Hebrew, the Jewish holiday, which we see in our Torah, of Shavuot is Pentecost. They were there in Jerusalem for a reason. It was a holiday. And the time between Passover and Shavuot is a, we count up every day. It's a time of expectation. Because we know what's happening at Shavuot, at Pentecost. And we know what happened. God poured out his spirit. It's also the same day in the Torah that God came down on Mount Sinai and spoke out his law. So it's when God comes down and he reveals himself in powerful ways. This is Pentecost. This is Shavuot. And we count to that day because we're excited about what God is going to do. It's kind of like the 10-second countdown to New Year's. Except opposite. Because it's a count up, and it's to 50. Now that I've confused everybody, we can move on. So we're in this season called the Counting of the Omer. And today is actually day 21 of the Omer. And it ends at, like I said, at Shavuot, which we'll have our service here on Saturday, June 4th at 5 o'clock. So we'll have our service here. That's Pentecost, Shavuot. And now we're in this time of counting up. We're in this time of excitement where every day we count up one more. And we're getting closer, and we're getting closer, and we're getting closer. And we expect God to do something amazing. Now, when we read the New Testament, we see what is happening in this time of the counting of the Omer, between Passover and Pentecost. And it's very easy to find this in the Gospels because we know that Yeshua was crucified on Passover. So we have that line in the sand. We know Pentecost is Shavuot when that happened in Acts 2. So anything that happened in the Gospels in between is during the counting of the Omer. Make sense? No. So, well, let's continue anyway. So, if we look in the Gospels of events that happened post-resurrection, pre-Pentecost, that's the counting of the Omer season. 
And today I'd like to start with something, an event that happened during that time, during the counting of the Omer. And it's a conversation that has become very familiar. It's, it's commonly known by believers between Yeshua himself, post-resurrection, and this nutty, crazy, impetuous disciple, Peter. And Yeshua goes to Peter. And he said, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, you know I do. And he said, in response, feed my sheep. But then he asked him again, Peter, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know I do. He said, then tend to my lambs. And then Yeshua asked him a third time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter said, Lord, you know everything. You know already. Yes, I love you. For crying out loud, I love you. And Yeshua said, tend to my sheep, or shepherd my sheep. Now, why did Yeshua have to ask Peter at this time, three times, do you love me? I believe it is because... Just before the crucifixion, good old impetuous Peter denied him three times. And our God is so forgiving, he's not going to leave one sin, one stone unturned. It's got to be dealt with each one. And this is not a good moment for Peter. Because if you go back into that account of when he denied the Lord. This is Peter who had Yeshua himself saying, upon this rock, I'll build my messianic community, my church. It's this Peter who had so much prophetic promise he had passion. He had zeal. He wouldn't let anybody mess with his Lord. Cuts off the servants of the high priest. Zir. This guy was tough. And he wasn't letting anything happen to his God. To his Lord. Until something actually happened to him. And good old Peter wimped out. In a really bad way. And people went to him and said, you're, you're a Galilean. You were with him. You were with him. You were with him. I don't know what you're talking about. Man. He actually uses it if you read it. Man. See, I like that because you think that, like, guys these days, we call each other man. Like, hey, man. But apparently that was happening back then, too. Because Peter went, man, I don't know what you're talking about. That's actually what the Bible says. Man, I don't know what you're talking about. So that's where it comes from. And then another person came and said, you know, you, you know him. I had seen you with him. No, man, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Denied him three times. But Yeshua actually told him, 
that you're going to deny me. And before the rooster crows, which probably means before morning, that, you know, the, before that happens, you're going to deny me three times. And then it says actually in the account that's in the book of Luke, that after the third time happened, the rooster crowed and Yeshua looked at him. Now we all want to be looked at by the Lord, but I don't think that was a very good look. I don't want to be looked at by the Lord in that way. That's a, you messed up, and I told you you were going to, kind of look. And it says that Peter wept. So we cannot minimize how challenging this was for Peter. Who is the one later on that walked and like the shadows healed people? Who was that? Was that who? He had some work to do in the future. And here he was, despondent. Now, on the third day, the Lord is resurrected. Yeshua comes out of the grave. The women find him first. And on a day that we're honoring women, you all rock. Because as the guys were hiding away, Feel, for, feel fearful for their lives. The women were still tending to Yeshua even in his death. And it was the women that went, the woman that went to the, to the gravesite, to the tomb. So women, you rock. And us men, we're a bunch of wimps. I always say that. You know, the man is like Yeshua for the husbands and the wives. The man is like Yeshua in the house, right? Because it even says, like, husbands, love your wives like Yeshua loves his community. But I always say also that the wife is like the Holy Spirit of the home. So the husband should be listening to what she's saying. Because the Holy Spirit is called in the Gospels the helper. I'm going to send the helper. That's what Yeshua said. I'm going I'm to send you the helper. But where do we first see helper? That's what Eve was called for Adam. So there's a connection between the Holy Spirit and the wife. Special note to you husbands. Listen to your wives. They're like the Holy Spirit in the home. As you are like Yeshua in the home. We can move on from this conversation. Ble or stay there. Yeah. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So here's poor Peter. Poor petulant Peter. Impetuous Peter, who messed up real bad. And now the Lord is resurrected, and everyone's excited. And the disciples can't believe it. Even this Tom, Tom, he comes and visits, and Thomas gets that name, Doubting Thomas. How would you like to get a, a nickname based on the one time you messed up? Like he had a great time with Yeshua. He's a great disciple. One moment, he's like, I don't believe it. Doubting Thomas forever. That kind of stinks. But this was an incredible time. The Lord was raised. The disciples didn't get it. But here he is. He's coming back and they don't recognize him. Apparently when he came back, he didn't look the same. I think there's a lot of revelation in that. 
And every time he came, they didn't recognize him. They thought, that's, I think that's the Lord. That's the Lord. That's the Lord. So there's something in that that he came in and he looked a different way. I think the transition was happening that Yeshua was now going to operate within people. And we needed to get used to that. This is why that he went up to be with his father after 40 days of counting the Omer. And he didn't hang around for Pentecost. How easy it, it could it should it have could it have been if he just stuck around and the Holy Spirit came upon him? You would almost think that makes sense. He's Jesus. Let's let the holiday, the fulfillment of the Shavuot, the Pentecost holiday, be about him. But no, he went up to be with his father, and the Holy Spirit was poured out on you. So the transition happens from this one man. He's like, I'm not going to change the world if I'm just one guy here in Israel. I need to multiply myself. And I need to be within people for generations around the world. And that's what happened at Pentecost. That's why he himself, the dude, the man, didn't fulfill Pentecost. He fulfills it by coming into his people, which is still happening. Thank God. So here it is. Now, he's resurrected. People don't recognize him, but, he, but they eventually realize who he is. And this is a time of excitement. Like, my gosh, when Peter and John are running to the tomb, they're so excited. Like, they're all, this is an amazing time. The Lord is raised. And I believe if I read between the lines of the Bible, which I tend to do, I see Peter going, uh-oh. Because the last interaction we, he had with Yeshua was when he gave him that look. When he denied him. And he died. Oh, well, I guess he's not the Messiah. I guess I better go back to being a fisherman. And now here he is. And the rooster may have crowed, but now the chickens are coming home to roost. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's time. The rooster may have crowed, but now the chickens are coming home to roost. Which means that it's time for him to fess up on what happened and, and let's, 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 let's deal with this thing. I see Yeshua coming into that group where the disciples were, where Doubting Thomas got his name, and Peter's there, and it's like an elephant in the room. You know what I mean? It's like, Peter's like, hi. Remember me? Like, that was still in his heart. The, the, the stain that he had, the pain that he had, the discouragement that he had, the disappointment in himself that he denied the Lord. There's no way that just went away. And now we see him out fishing again. Which is kind of interesting. You know, that's when you see, like, you know, throw the net on the other side of the boat and they bring in a lot of fish, you know. Why is he out fishing? It's like he went back to doing, like, his original thing. It's like, well, I'm just going to go back to doing, you know, I guess this whole calling about being the rock and the, the church is going to be built upon me. Uh, I messed up. Not going to happen. I guess I'm going to go back to being a fisherman. And then we get to this moment that I just spoke about. The Yeshua, the Peter, do you love me conversation. I see Peter just kind of sitting there all alone. Like everybody's excited. All the disciples are excited. But Peter, he's got this disappointment. And I see Yeshua 
coming right next to him. This is how I see it. And essentially saying, Peter, we got work to do, buddy. Pentecost is a few days away. And you're going to be given, giving the sermon of your life. You're going to be standing before Israel in Jerusalem, talking about me. You're going to be telling the people to believe that my death provides atonement and to repent. There's going to be so much, so many miracles happening through you, Peter, that even your shadow is going to heal people. And there's revelation in that because when it's a shadow, the shadow happens because there's a light. So it's not really the thing that's causing the shadow. It's the light that's causing the shadow. Do you see it? It's the light coming through the person that's causing the healing. So Yeshua sits down next to him. And by saying it three times, he has to deal with all three of his disappointments, all three of his denials. And it's essentially saying, Peter, we got work to do, buddy. Let's get this worked out. Let's get this worked out. And I'm going to ask you the most important question that's far more important than a momentary mess up. Do you love me? That's all that's important anyway. Peter, do you love me? Then go feed my sheep. That's the word I gave you all those years ago. That you, fisherman, was going to be a fisher of men. It's time to go do it. Don't let what happened be an impediment to the empowerment of Pentecost. Don't let anything be an impediment to the empowerment of Pentecost. Because God's got some work to do. And he's got some work to do through you. And if there's anything that's in there in your heart that's getting in the way, Yeshua even today is sitting right next to you and saying, let's work this out right now. And we can believe that that moment of Yeshua going to Peter and saying, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Do you love me? Yes. Do you love me? Yes. We can believe that is happening today. Why? Because it was during the counting of the Omer. This is the time of today. So in faith, we can actually believe that it's happening right now. That this is the moment that Yeshua is sitting next to Peter and saying, we got to deal with this, buddy. We're going to deal with this right now because we got some work to do. And I can't let this distract you any longer. So is there an impediment to the empowerment in you? Is there something, a disappointment that you've been holding on to? Whether it was an experience, whether it was a sin, where there was something that you just messed up like Peter did, and you're like, okay, the Lord is no way going to use me because of this. I'm telling you right now that today is the day that Yeshua is sitting next to you and saying, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? 
Peter needed it three times. I probably need it like 10,000 times. Maybe you need it a little less than that, but more than three. And Yeshua is sitting, if we believe it, in the seat right next to you right now. And there's no one else here. And he's saying, do you love me? And today is your opportunity to say, yeah, of course I do. And he will ask you that as many times as you need it for as many times that there's a, some sort of disappointment or hurt that's in your heart. That's an impediment to the empowerment. Because today is day 21 of the Omer. That means there's 29 days to go until Pentecost. The empowerment is coming. Let's, let, let's not let anything get in the way of that. And if there's something in the way, Yeshua today, in this hearing, wants to deal with it. I stand as, as his representative right now. I ask everyone here who needs it, do you love me? It's not Rabbi Brian talking. Do you love me? Do you love me? Who do I got to sit next to? Nate? Do you love me? <laughs> it's getting weird. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Adonai. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Karen Harris, do you love me? This was it. I think people have it's difficult to connecting. Like, I'm not coming to you with Rabbi Brian. I'm coming to you as Yeshua just to represent that he's, that he's next to you when he's saying this right now. Because he wants, to, he wants this dealt with. Is there anything holding you back? Is there an experience you had that's holding you back? Like, I cannot go in the fullness because of this thing. Today is a day to just answer him and say, yes, I love you. Because ultimately, that's all that matters. It's not a matter of how well we walk it out. We're going to mess it up, and we're going to mess it up again. But Pentecost is 21 days away. And he needs a bride. He needs a body that is not held back because he's got work to do. And he's got work to do through you. So today is not the day to sit back. Today is the day to rise up. Today is the day to rise up. Because the world needs you more than ever. The world needs him more than ever. The world needs him within you more than ever. And if there's anything in the way, if there's any sorrow or hurt or disappointment, let's just receive it. He's sitting next to you and he's saying the simplest question. So simple. Not, well, you know, Peter... Listen, when you, just, when you rejected me, when you denied me, that kind of hurt. So let's work through this a little bit together. I need you to know how hurt I was. You know, humans work it out together. You know, and I, I love honesty because honesty is great. We need to talk to each other. We need to be honest. I think a lot of people suffer because they just hold things inside. And it's good to say, I was hurt by what you did. But Yeshua didn't need to do that. He didn't need to do that. I'd probably need to do it. 
Because I, I can hold unforgiveness if somebody rejects me. You know, that's, I, I, can, I can hold it. Yeshua doesn't hold it. He goes right down to brass tacks. Do you love me? And he's asking you today the same thing. He's not dealing with the issue. He's dealing with what's important. Do you love me? And you answer, yes, of course I do. Then get yourself up. Then get yourself up. Because Pentecost is 21 days away. And there's a world that needs you. So, Father, I just pray even right now, Lord God, that everybody here, Father, I know it's kind of weird. It'll be less weird in the metaverse to think there's somebody right near you because you're going to put goggles on and it's going to be, hey, there you are. But here we are. But I pray, Adonai, that people here, those here, are recognizing that Yeshua is sitting right next to them right now and is asking the simplest question that goes far, far beyond the hurt, that goes far beyond the pain because these things will happen and they may happen again. Do you love me? I pray that everyone just answers even right now. Yes, you know I do. You know I do. Just say it out. You know I do. You know I do. Then feed my lambs. That means let's go. Let's go. See, Peter went, man, and Yeshua was saying, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank you, Adonai. I guess before he says, let's go, really what he's saying is, let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Don't let this thing hold you any longer. Let go. Don't be held back. Let go. Let go. And let's go. I think that's what he's saying today. Let go and let's go. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Today we learn in that simple story from Peter and Yeshua that Yeshua does not leave anything unturned. That he loves us enough and knows our inner struggles, and knows our inner hurts, and knows the things that hold us back, knows the things that just are weighing us down. And in the right time, and we believe it's today, because he loves us so much, he'll just sit right down next to us and say, Let's, we're going to deal with this right now, and we're going to let it go so we can move forward together. I'm going back to my father and you're not I need you here and I'm going to pour myself into you and Peter you're going to be given the sermon of your life in 29 days and Peter I'm going to be operating through you that your shadow is going to heal people 
Let's get to that by letting go of this. Thank you, Father. In Yeshua's name, amen. Father, lift up everyone here.